I want you guys to know that I'll, I'll, be, I'll be sticking really close to my notes this morning for uh, one main reason. Uh, not that I don't like my notes, but uh, this morning we do have uh, a young translator in the booth. Uh, that is Pamela, and I want to be able to make sure that she does the best job that she can in translating. And I, I'm really proud to know that she is here this morning and she could facilitate such a huge need for our church here, especially since we do have a large uh, Hispanic community. And so I, I just want to be able to make sure that she, uh, all the butterflies are gone and she's just able to do the best job that she can. So uh, I'm going to be sticking really close to my notes. But nonetheless, I encourage you to, to listen along uh, as I share a brief word on this morning. Days like today is shrouded by so many mixed emotions. On one hand, we have those who can't wait to celebrate the many male figures that have made such a huge impact in their lives. While on the other hand, the opposite is also true. That it's a day they would easily erase from the calendar as many would have suffered at the hands both by those who were present and those who were not of individuals that were supposed to protect, provide, nurture, train up, lift up, and loved. Many have become disenfranchised, disheartened, and disillusioned by days like today because of a lack of mentoring and modeling of what a good father is and looks like. The statistics tell us that roughly 33%, that's almost one third of the US population, currently suffers from absentee father households. To compound the issue among households that boast two parents under the same roof, even those statistics are atrocious since over 60% of marriages end in divorce within the first five years. And certainly because of sin, we know that all of us are broken and that brokenness bleeds into 100% of marriages. So even if the marriage that makes it, and even for those marriages, sorry, that makes it, even those marriage, marriages aren't perfect, but are constant works in progress. All that to say, church, that today, a day like today, Father's Day, though joyous and joyful for some, are in fact painful for others. But herein lies the beauty of the text we want to find ourselves in this morning. Herein lies the beauty in our brief message on today. Here it is, that the goodness and awesomeness of God is not just revealed in his deity, but his role as father to us and in our lives. There's a song that we sing called, Good, Good Father. And I want to share a brief word of encouragement to us this morning entitled, He is 
a good, good father. When Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, he excitedly speeds to verse number three of chapter number one, and he utters the words there, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. But I need for us to appreciate as we look at the context of chapter number one, please recognize that verses three through 12 is an exhortation to a Jewish audience. And then in verse number 13, Paul turns his attention to connect the Gentile audience to all of the blessings that he previously mentioned. Uh, so in verse number 13 of Ephesians chapter number 1, it would read like this. In him you also, speaking about the Gentiles, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. I, I, I need for us to see what, what connects the them and the them because when you look at Ephesians chapter number 1 verses 3 through 13, here is what you would notice. It says from verse number 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Watch this. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to the adoption of, of sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. In him, verse number seven, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. Verse nine, he made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his intention, which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heaven and things on the earth. Notice this, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. Watch this, verse number 12, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. Verse number 13, in him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So what makes Jehovah a, a good, good God? I'm, I'm glad you asked the question. What makes Jehovah a God that we could look up to? What makes Jehovah God Yahweh? What makes Yahweh a father that is good in spite sometimes of the absentee or the negative influences that we would have had in our lives? Well, here is a list uh, that Paul utters from verses 3 through verse number 13. There are seven blessings 
that Paul highlights to the church as soon as he begins writing. There are seven blessings that Paul makes note very, very early on within the confines of the text. Here is what makes God a good, good father. Number one, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Number two, he chose us. I, I know we, we feel good about ourselves when we come into contact. We say that we found God. But I need for us to understand that Paul lets us know by inspiration. We didn't choose him. He really choose, chose us. Uh, he adopted us. If, if, if you understand the, the concept of adoption, you, uh, at one point your father may not have been there or you may have been given up. And we understand the context here. It had everything to do that we were once under uh, the, the, the direction of the devil. And so the devil at one point was our father. If you don't want to believe it, whether or not you want to believe it, that's true. When you were not in Christ, the devil was your father. When I wasn't in Christ, the devil was my father. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ that God was a good, good father enough to adopt us. Not only did he adopt us, but he offered us redemption. I, I, I just love that word and I need to stay close to my nose. I need to stay close to my nose. I'm, I'm sorry, Pamela. <laughs> he offered us redemption. Because in as much as we want to have a relationship with him, in as much as he adopts us, it's only through the redemption, through the forgiveness of sin, through his grace that we are blessed to be deemed and seen as people who are holy, as people who are righteous. We are not righteous of ourselves. We are not holy of ourselves. We are righteous because of Jesus Christ and we are holy because we serve a holy God. So it was Jesus when he was writing and he was speaking rather in the Sermon on the Mount, he would utter the words, be ye, be ye holy as your father which is in heaven is holy. And not only has God offered us redemption, but he had made known unto us the mystery of his will. Uh, if, if, if I had to put that a different way, that is to say God didn't leave you and me in the dark. When, 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 when in times past, his will was not known. It's, it's hard for us sometimes to fathom what God's will is, right? What is God's will for your life and what is God's will for my life? It's hard for us sometimes to come to terms with the idea or the concept of purpose. What is my purpose? Some of us were placed here on this earth to be teachers. Some of us were placed here on this earth to be doctors. Some of us were placed here on this earth to be lawyers. But I promise you, all of us that are found under the banner of Christianity, all of us that have the Holy Ghost dwelling in us, our will and our purpose is to serve God and serve him wholeheartedly. So in as much as all of us may have multiplicity of purposes, there is one purpose that connects all of us and we need to find ourselves living in the purpose and the will of God. That is submitting ourselves to God's, God's will and way. Number six, not only did he make known unto us the mystery of his will, but he gave us, check this, an inheritance. <laughs> So some, of, some, some of us may, may, not, may not get this. Pamela, just follow me on this. I wasn't left anything when my earthly father passed away. But my heavenly father has blessed me in such a way 
that the blessings he offers to me supersedes the physical things. Because even though my physical father didn't leave me anything, I have a, an eternal father who has blessed me with everything. So, so, so Paul breaks off into praise early on in verse number three and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who had blessed us in, in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. And so God has given us an inheritance. Uh, not only does God give us an inheritance, but finally as Paul racks up the number of blessings that God has, has given to each and every one of us, it says in verse number two, both Jew and Gentile of promise. That's why Paul says, blessed be the God and Father. He is not just God. He is not just sovereign. He is not just the creator and the sustainer of the universe, but he is Abba. He is Papa. I heard one brother pray the other day, he is daddy. And I, that may be offensive to some, but, but he is daddy. He, he is our father. Uh, and so he, though being sovereign, he is my dad. Though being deity, he is your dad. Though he is God, though he is Yahweh, though he is Jehovah, though they once recognized him in the state of Elohim, though he is the creator, he is Abba to you and me. Before, before, your, before our kids could talk, before they could enunciate, before they could pronounce, before they could form the D's, and before they could pronounce the M's, they were, they were just utter groanings. Ah, ah. Mm, ah. It, 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 it comes from an intimate place of an infant to a parent. In this case, mothers love to hear their children say mama first, but I, I would have you to know dada falls off the tongue rather easily. Because there is something about Dada. There is something to Dada. Uh, Mama gives us the milk. But there is something about Dada that brings a smile. Mama is there 24-7. But there is something about Dada that offers security. Mama is there all the time when we cry. But there is something about Dada that is just touching to us. He is God. He is sovereign. He is the creator. But what makes him a good, 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 awesome God is the fact that he is our father. I don't know if you could feel that in your spirit, but men may fail you, but Yahweh won't ever fail you. Your, your body might fail you, but Jehovah won't ever fail you. Your bio, biological father might, might not show up, but God is always there. So much so that even when we can't see the blessing, he is blessing us anyway. That's how good a God that we serve. So Paul says... Blessed be God because he blessed us. He says we can speak well of God because God has done well to us. So let, let, me, let me show you how this works. The song says you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. 
It's who you are. Right? You, 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 you heard this song? And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Right? So here's what Paul is doing. I, I, I promise you, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm done. Paul says, blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, the reason why I could speak well of God, number one, is because he has done well to me. But to an extent and to, an, to, a, to a degree, that's superficial. Because if the only time we could speak well of God is when he does some good things physically for us, we lose sight of the fact that while there might be things going on negative physically and around us, God is behind the scenes doing things and blessing us in a way that our physical eyes can't see. So he says, I need for you to appreciate that the reason why we could speak well of God, number one, is because he has done well to us. But not only can we speak well of God because he has done well to us, but we can speak well of God because he is a good God. In other words, I bless God because of what he's done, but I also bless God because of who he is. That's a different thing entirely. When I understand that he is a good God, he is deserving of my well speaking. When I understand he's a good God, he's deserving of my praise. When I understand he's a good God, he's deserving of my adoration. When I understand he's a good God, it does not matter what's going on in my life that might be negative. He is deserving of the blessing from my mouth and through my life. So he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who had blessed us. Watch this. If we would open our eyes to see what happens in the realm that is not seen, it might behoove us to realize that in our darkest moments, in the darkest moments of our lives, when we think that we have been forsaken, when we think that nobody cares, and when we think that we have been left alone to die in this place, it might behoove us if we understand the Father that we have, if we could look behind the scenes, if we could look behind the veil, if we could see what's taking place in the unseen realm, what you and I might be privileged to see is God holding back some things from touching us even further. What it, might, what, what it might help us to recognize is, in as much as you think you're going through some tough times now, if you would look behind the scenes, you might recognize that God has some angels that are keeping you safe from the devil touching you any further. If, if we would open our eyes to recognize the goodness of God in as much as I might be suffering because of my own foolishness and my own negative decisions here is God that is saying I'm still going to safeguard you as much as I can until you see the error of your ways so he's a good good God in spite of the challenges that we go through he's a good good God in spite of the problems that we face he's a good good God in spite of our own selves he is a good you know how I know he's a good good God because if God was like me, I wouldn't be here. 
Because if God was like you, you wouldn't be here. I know he's a good, good God because I was not deserving of being called his son, but he sent his son to die for me anyway. I, I just know he's a good, good God. I just know he's a good, good God because if I take a, a, a look at myself in the mirror, I know that I had no hope. I know that I was worthless. I know that I didn't stand a chance, but I know he's a good, good God because in spite of me, in spite of my sin, in spite of my weakness, in spite of my frailties, in spite, in spite, in spite of, he loved me so much to pour out the best that heaven had. So that you and I could guess what? Have an inheritance. So that you and I could be redeemed. So that you and I could have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So that you and I could be, have the adoption of sons. So that you and I could understand and know the mystery of his will. And so that you and I could be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So I know he's a good, good God. I, I, I don't know if this helps, but here's what I want you to do. I, I, don't, I don't mean to, to prod you. I don't mean to prime you. I, I don't want to do any of that. But, but, but I want you to think of a time in your life that God came through for you. No, I really want you to think about it. Don't, 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 don't just look at me and be, you know, this is an exercise in futility. I really want you to think about it for a second. Think about a time in your life. Some people might have to, to, to think really far back because, you know, we, we have short memories. That's how the children of Israel were. But think, think, think of a time that God came through for you in your life. You thinking? You thinking? You thinking? You thinking? You thinking? You thinking? Could you say, bless me, God? Think of a time that God came through for you. In your teenage years, think of when God came through for you in your teenage years. You thinking? You thinking about it? Could you say, bless me, God? Think about a time in your marriage, for those of us who are married, when God came through for you in your marriage. Are you thinking? Are you thinking? Are you thinking? Could you say, bless me, God? Bless me, God. You, you know, we have some people that, that, that did some stuff when they were younger, and people kind of berated them and looked down on them and, 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 and ridiculed them. And some of those same people today are some of the, the, the most faithful, some of, some of the most upstanding people in the church. <laughs> could, I, could I be real for just one second, Joe David? Young lady, grew up in the church, got pregnant out of wedlock, Older sisters, older brothers spoke evil of. Young lady, in her shame, was covered by God when she wasn't covered by the brethren. But young lady got married. Young lady bore child. Young lady looked up to a good, good father to help her become a good mother and to help her in her marriage. And young lady's child became a young, upstanding woman in the church and in society. That's, that's the blessing of God. And I'm, I'm trying to help you to recognize that if we would have spiritual eyes, that sometimes in the moment, somebody's fault and flaw in the moment is not to say that that's how they're going to be five days, five months, five years from now. 
But let me show you what recognizing God is a good, good father does for us. It keeps us humble. Because when I recognize what he did for me, he's still doing for me every single day. Kim, it's not what he did for me 20 years ago. It's what he's still doing for me today. It's not what he did for me last year. It's what he's still doing for me today. It's not what he, still, what he did for me five years ago. It's what he's still doing for me. I still sin. I still come short. And I don't need for you right now when you hear me say that to be thinking about what kind of sin is he talking about? Sin is sin. Do you still sin? No, 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 no. No. Do you still do you still fall short? Do you still need God? Every now and then? Or do you need God every single minute of every single day? <laughs> it's because you recognize he's a good, good father. It's who he is. It's who he is. It's who he is. And I'm loved by him. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. So my identity is linked to the father that I serve. So let me say this as I close. Do not take the grace, mercy, and love of God. Let me, let me, let me close. I want to get down and watch folks in their faces with this one. Do not take the grace, the mercy, and the love of God for a joke. It is not an excuse to keep on wallowing in sin. It is not an excuse to keep on doing what you're doing. But the grace and the mercy and the love of God, when you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, is a means that leads to transformation. So if you and I have to be transformed, we have to be identified with a good, good father. It's who he is. It's who he is. It's who he is. And I'm loved by him. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Would you stand with me as together we sing our song?